I had an uncle who back in the day used to love wreaking havoc with people's Christmases when we got together as an extended family. I'll tell you what I mean. He used to, uh, at that time he was working in construction and he would use his considerable skill to wrap the Christmas present of whatever poor sucker whose name he drew out of the hat in the Christmas exchange. Um, One year, he got my brother a a tape measure for Christmas, but he wrapped it in a metal electrical box with the metal lid welded to the top. (laughs) One year, he got my dad a dozen golf balls, but he wrapped them in about four feet of electrical uh, conduit plastic piping that he had fashioned in the shape of a circle and he had glued the whole thing shut I remember one year he made a Christmas box out of five-eighths drywall and he put a drywall lid on the top and then he mudded the entire thing so the present weighed about a half a ton and it was a solid rock that you had to break into in order to find your gift The, the one year he actually had a little bit of grace he wrapped the gift in a, in a wooden box where one of the sides could actually be removed fairly easily because it was just held in place by dowels that hadn't been glued. But he wouldn't tell and we couldn't tell which side was the removable one and eventually the box had to be destroyed in order for the person to claim whatever the gift was inside. And honestly, every year we would like go to our family reunion with this eager anticipation, wanting to see how Uncle Ron's creativity and cruelty had come together in order to inflict inflict pain on whoever's name he happened to get. And we would laugh until tears streamed down our faces, watching whoever it was use their construction skill or destruction skill to get the gift open. And then we would, of course, celebrate with joy, with the person whose perseverance finally paid off and they were eventually able to uh, open the gift and to see the present that had been hidden inside. Which, of course, regardless of how you wrap the gift, whether in five-eighths drywall or in a box, in a box, in a box, in a box, however you wrap the gift, the part of the, the joy of Christmas is entering into the joy, watching somebody else's face light up when, when the box is finally open and they can see what it is that they've been given, when they can see the thing that they ask for, the thing they always wanted. It's that joy that feeds the celebration of what Christmas is all about, it being together as families. And yet I wonder sometimes whether that joy is part of what feeds the frustration of Christmas. Not because Aunt Edith has no idea what to get you and so her gift is not anything you ever wanted. What I mean is because the things that we actually do want, the things that we're hoping for, more often than not can't be put in a box. But the the thing that we would love to see materialize at Christmas most often aren't material things. That's what we want to see. Right? You watch the news, and it's hard not to be overwhelmed, to feel like our world is getting more chaotic. And what we want the most 
is for peace to come into the conflict in some of the war zones around the world, for justice to be experienced by people who are being oppressed, for compassion to enter into the income inequality that our economy generates, for freedom to come to people who are being enslaved and trafficked across the world, for equality to overwhelm discrimination for marginalized people, for action to overwhelm inaction when it comes to climate action for our planet. Maybe for some of us, the things that we want the most feel even more personal than that stuff. They, we want to see love and joy and peace invade our relationships. Um, to see love infused into our family relationships, whether with a, a, our parent or with our siblings or with our partner or with our kids. We want to see peace enter into our conflicted relationships. We want to see joy overwhelm the pain of strained or lost relationships. We want to see reconciliation experienced instead of unforgiveness, humility, um, instead of the arrogance that makes it impossible to talk about stuff that matters or to see authenticity enter into instead of the image management that pervades so much of our interaction. Or maybe what some of us want the most is even more personal in that, it, in that it has to do with us, ourselves. To see love and joy and peace enter into our personal world. Um, whether that's hope in the midst of grief, whether that's intimacy in the midst of loneliness that can be even heavier at this time of year, whether that's um, freedom from addiction or from a character battle that you have been fighting with your own morality, your own soul, whether that's you know healing of a diagnosis that you carry every day or the opportunity to love yourself instead of living mired in guilt and shame. See, it's all of that kind of stuff that I think if we were honest, we would admit that that's the stuff that we want the most. It's the stuff you can't see. It's the stuff you can't put in a box. It's, but it's the stuff that, uh, that makes actually life worthwhile. It's the stuff that makes life That's the stuff we want the most, the stuff that we want to see at Christmas. And, and I think part of what makes the good news of, at Christmas genuinely good news is that in the person of Jesus, the things that we want the most for ourselves, for our relationships, for our world, the things that would make life most worth it are the things that appear in the birth of Jesus Christ. In, in the book of 1 John in the Bible, the author chooses to tell the Christmas story, but he tells the Christmas story in just three words. This is what he writes. The life appeared. For John, that's what Christmas means. It means that the life appeared that in the birth of Jesus of Nazareth, what appeared in our world is everything that we have always hoped for, everything that we want the most, what suddenly becomes visible 
Are all of the things that we want for ourselves and in our relationships, in our world. For John, Jesus is the living, breathing, physical, literal, visible manifestation of everything that makes life worthwhile. And as one of Jesus' best friends when he was alive, John knows exactly what he's talking about. He writes this in another place. He says, we have seen him enveloped in undeniable splendor the one true son of god the father evidenced in the perfect balance of grace and truth think about everything that john says about jesus in this verse he's the one true son of god the father for john jesus is the creator god born into god's creation as one of god's creatures jesus is god showing up as a human being he is enveloped in undeniable splendor he is the the glorious appearing of everything beautiful that is contained in the heart of god love and joy and peace and hope and healing of justice now radiating into the world being infused into our very humanity for John, Jesus is the appearing of God's grace, the, the overwhelming kindness of God to everybody. Jesus is the undeniable appearing of God's truth, the undistorted reality of what God is really like, of what you and I could be really like, of what, what life could be really like if we would just experience the healing and the reconciliation and the restoration of God in our our lives and in our relationship in our world for john jesus of nazareth being born two thousand years ago and laid in a manger is the appearing of everything that makes life worth it into our world now let's be frank for a second and admit what john isn't saying what John isn't saying is that when Jesus showed up, he snapped his fingers and made everything perfect again. John says elsewhere that Jesus showed up in his world, in the world, and his own people didn't recognize him for who he was. They didn't welcome him for who he was, and they didn't embrace him for who he was. Jesus showed up into the world, and I don't know if you've noticed, but everything didn't immediately get better. That's not how it works at least for now. But what did happen is that Jesus showed up in the world and the love, joy, and peace, the healing and the hope and the justice of God appeared in the life of this man in, named Jesus of Nazareth. And it became infused into our humanity. What happened when Jesus was born is that the love, joy, and peace of God, the hope and the healing and the justice of God entered into exactly whatever reality you're living with right now. And even if it doesn't completely change your circumstances, it will completely change you. And that completely changes your life. John says that's what happened when the life appeared. When suddenly Jesus of Nazareth became the physical, visible, tangible presence of everything beautiful about the life of God in the world. And Jesus still appears for us. 
How does Jesus appear for us? For John, it was easy. He said, we saw him and John literally did. He was Jesus' friend and and he would see Jesus every day. For us, Jesus isn't around to be seen anymore. How How does that life appear to us in Jesus now? Well, it it appears right here in the scriptures, in the stories about Jesus, in the ways that he puts on display God's overwhelming kindness, God's undistorted reality of who God is and who we could be and what life could be about if we would just have an encounter with Jesus. He actually appears in here in our hearts, in the, in the mysterious way that if we ask, the Holy Spirit will give us new eyes to see ourselves and to see each other and to see the world with, in, in a way that we've never seen before so that we can learn to see Jesus in ourselves and in each other and in the world. He appears here in the community that's sitting together in this room right now. In, in the lives of people who gather every Sunday and who scatter throughout the region throughout the week, who because of God's work in their life are being transformed moment by moment to slowly become people who radiate the love and joy and peace, the hope and the healing and justice of God into the world because of Jesus Christ. 2,000 years ago, Jesus of Nazareth was born and laid in a manger. And his best friend, John, the only way he could think of to describe that was to say that the life appeared. What Jesus would one, one day call real and eternal life, more and better life than you could have ever dreamed, became visible in the person of Jesus Christ. And the question for us all of us, both today at Christmas and every day, is will we allow the life of Jesus to appear to us and in us and through us in the world? Will we allow Jesus to continue to appear so that we can experience the love and the joy and the peace, the hope and the healing and the justice that Jesus makes visible to us and in us and through us to the world. Would you give Jesus that chance this Christmas? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your son, Jesus. We thank you for the ways that he puts on display the every beautiful thing about what you're about. Would you teach us to see the life of Jesus uh, through the eyes of your Holy Spirit in what you're doing in us, in the ways you're on the move in our relationships, in the ways that we see Jesus in each other and in the ways that Jesus is put on display in the world. And would you teach us to lean in and to embrace that life for ourselves. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.